Shut up and sit down. You're listening to the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast, a proud part of the Section 328 family. Follow us on Twitter at CheatersNVRPIN. Now, live from ringside, it's Mr. Workrate and JC. Well, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaters Never Pin. You've, you've neglected the ugly people again, Jason. And also ugly people. We no. we welcome all. We'd we let are, you all in the military. We are all inclusive here. I yeah. Hell yeah. But this is Cheaters Never Pin Podcast. I'm JC. My friend next to me here at the commentary table, my good buddy, Mr. Workrate, Tom. It's great to be here as usual, JC. I, I'm happy to be at least connected to you at this particular time yes we had some difficulty <laughs> hashtag for now <laughs> that's all right because you know what in a mere 48 hours tom in a mere 48 hours we are going to be halfway through recording the first ever cheaters never pin watches while drunk wrestlemania 17 <laughs> Possibly the last one, too. It just, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Oh, it's going to be great. You're going to go with positivity, Tom. How quickly will it go off the rails? Um, Six minutes in. I'm, I'm thinking before even everyone shows up. <laughs> so make like a comment. And so about, about 7 f- about, about 7.15 before we click the record button at 8? Pretty much as soon as the first... Adult beverage gets popped, I think. Right. I've already started. I'm drinking right now, Tom. What you drinking, Jay I got a I got Guinness, bro. I felt like a Guinness was a good choice. Like hearty beverage. Yeah. Um They've really improved I, how well it pours out of a can. Yeah. I uh I was inspired by uh our good friend Dan Spencer's uh review of the uh the burial brewing um skillet stout uh skillet donut stout so i went to my local bottle shop to pick that up and they did not have it so that was sad (laughs) but i ended up running into a friend of the family's and what was supposed to be a five minute bottle shop run turned into a 45 minute social gathering type thing of which if you've ever gotten to know me you know how much i love social gatherings i thought you were gonna say how much you like to talk and then i was like tom people do listen to this podcast they know well but i mean we're talking about wrestling and she just never pinned and we had that witty repartee between the two of us that's true just kind of social chit chat not my strong point so, but yeah, went through 45 minutes of that and had a uh, Appalachian um, Brewing uh, Panic Water, which was nice. That's always a, a solid choice. Yeah. For a Pilsner, it was a, a, a nice beverage, not too heavy. Uh, I also ended up having, uh, we went to the bottle shop, the Glass Jug in Durham to uh, win some prizes there. And, uh, when we did that, they also had a wide uh, selection of cans and bottles to pick from. And I ended up taking, I can't think of the name of it, and it's going to come to me later. But uh, there was a passion fruit uh, wheat, which uh, a little bit on the sour side. I enjoyed that. So that, that's, that's what's in me right now. Ooh, all right. Well, I was going to congratulate you. Uh, last Thursday night... Uh, the brain trust of section, part of the brain trust, I just <laughs> pissed some people off, part of the brain trust of section 328 met uh, the glass jug in Durham, North Carolina, uh, because they were hosting 80s and 90s wrestling trivia. So the Cheaters Never Worlds combined, uh, we played some wrestling trivia, and our very own Tom walked away victorious. 
against a man who looked way too much <laughs> like Arn Anderson. I believe he was called Dollar Store Arn Anderson all night. Yeah, he now now most people can get away with a, a simple facial recollection or Maybe you're wearing the T-shirt to go along with it. Uh, he had the glasses, uh, the 80s-style kind of glasses, which also worked. He had kind of a satin. It wasn't actually a satin baseball jacket, but a satin type of jacket right. type thing. Uh, but the key was he was in wrestling trunks. <laughs> and yeah. knee pads and boots. He uh, he was living the gimmick. He, he, he truly <laughs> lived that gimmick. It was, it was amazing. If only it yeah. would have been a Ribera jacket. Yeah, well, well, how many tours of Japan did Arn really do? Oh, well, I guess good... they had they had that uh, that kind of trade thing going with uh, New Japan in the early nineties. So, all right, true. And then the late nineties, although Arn was kind of out of it by then. So, but I'm sure he did a little bit of Japan at least when touring for WCW. Oh yeah. Well, people aren't here to hear us talk about Japanese steakhouses. They're here to hear us talk about Battleground this week, Tom. Do, do we really want to talk about Battleground? <laughs> Tom. I guess we need, therapeutically, <laughs> we need to get it out, don't we? We need to start with the fact that i got to point out how wrong you were last week. I, I don't and how understand. My opinions were completely verified and approved, uh... On Sunday night. I would love to have you explain that because I don't see how that happened. Because Jinder Mahal is awful. He was okay. terrible. Randy Randy at least has emotion and charisma and like he exudes How the hell did you get that from that match? Because he it's just Randy. It's he has a presence out there. He like and he fucking killed another Sing brother. <laughs> or maybe it was the same one. I don't know. They really look alike to me. Maybe I'm racist. I have no idea. Starting to sound like you are a little bit there, JC. But, <laughs> um, but okay, t- so. Tom, t- you can't tell me Randy does not completely outclass gender in this match. No, he doesn't because... Oh, God. How could anyone look good in that match? How could you tell if anyone looked good in that match? Because no one can see what the Tom, fuck let's is going take, on. Just take that match alone and put it inside another Punjabi prison just to isolate it. Like, let's look at it as just, just, just this one match. This was the only wrestling match we'd ever seen. Right? Let's look at it that way. Let's not look at it. the only wrestling like, match I'd ever seen. I'd never watch wrestling again. Well, it's good because it's the only match that exists in this world. But, it, like... So much better. Randy is amazing. Okay, you're delirious now. I'm not. I enjoy. I enjoyed Randy in this match. I hated everything else. I really like Randy Orton anyway. Your delirium is starting to like make it difficult to debate <sighs> you on this topic. Um. But see, the main fault that you're having with gender has to do with Randy. It's been three pay-per-views. It's been three variations of the same match. First of all, a Punjabi prison match is just a ridiculous concept to go through. I mean, you know that it, it, the first the first aspect of it is you're in a smaller cage which has tiny little doggy doors to go through. <laughs> and when you request one of the doors be opened, it is open for 60 seconds. And if you do not get through the door in 60 seconds, the door closes and is padlocked. Oh, dear God, no. I like that so, aspect of it. So you know that door one, door two, door three, no one will get there. That is, that is the law. And that door four, some tomfoolery will happen, and the heel will get through. And that is what happened. Tomfoolery happened, the Singh brothers came out, because of course they did. And it caused Jinder to get through the fourth door, and Randy Orton not. 
let's now, let's let's talk about just the action that happened in the inner cage. Let's just talk about that first. Okay. Uh that shit was boring. Yeah, because th- there was nothing to do there. It was because <laughs> everybody's just waiting. <laughs> it's it's like okay, let's grab. Oh, wait, quick, open the door. Also, uh, the crowd couldn't see. Uh, the one time they went to hard cam, you couldn't see. This is not a. I love. I really do love the concept of Punjabi prison. I hate the execution of it. There's no good way to do this in front of a live audience. But the thing that gets me is going going along now. So we've got one person who's past the first cage, who all he has to do now is scale the second cage. However, the person who's stuck inside the first cage is now at a severe disadvantage because they have to scale the first cage, which is very difficult to scale, I've been told. Right. This is what it explains to me is that you want to get through the little doors because if you don't get through the little doors, it is so friggin' hard to get past the first cage. Well, bamboo's harder to climb than steel. Okay. So Jinder gets through the first one and he goes to the second cage and he starts to scale the second cage. What does Randy Orton do? He immediately scales the first cage faster than any human being has ever climbed anything. You realize if he if he climbed that fast and was in money in the bank matches, he'd be unstoppable. He would have every money in the bank. He'd just be carrying every briefcase at the same time. He scales it immediately, hops over it, because we're told that in that inner cage it's 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 jagged and, you know, impalement that he scales that cage immediately, steps over, and the best part about this is as Jinder is still climbing the outside cage, which is still somewhat difficult, I presume, right. does Randy Orton then finally, since he's passed the first cage, go down to the floor and then start climbing the second cage? No, he does not. He reaches out for the second cage, which is approximately a foot and a half away. And just climbs onto the second cage and is almost over the second cage immediately. Because he's Randy Orton. He's just that damn good. So instead of Randy, you know, going, oh, maybe I should do this the right way. Randy goes, oh, I just want to get out. And pretty much blows the drama of, oh, Randy's in trouble. Can he catch up? No, Randy is already past gender. Because he but decided you... to scale the fans quickly and was pretty much already out. And now we had to wait an hour and a half for freaking <laughs> Great Kali to stumble robotically down. To With his legs side. bending in the wrong direction. Like a goddamn broken Optimus Prime doll. Like you ever make, you ever try to make a transformer walk? Their knees don't bend. Neither do the great colleagues. Kali shows up, chokes Randy, gender escapes. Uh, I still just want to we you, we skipped over a Singh brother being murdered by being thrown off the top of the Punjab well from the highest level of the Punjabi prison by Randy or being punched off I should say into the announce table. As happens. Wow. As one does. Randy has something against Sing Brothers and announce tables. <laughs> Man, this match was terrible, though. It was. And it's not Jinder's fault. No, it's not. And he's still the champion. And but he hates he, America, he, so he, I don't know what's going to happen next. Oh, Oh, Tom, I hate to tell you comes out on smackdown says i'm demanding a SummerSlam opponent and he's talking and i'm not even paying attention because it's gender cutting a promo so it doesn't matter and he's talking about 1.8 billion indians and whatnot and then the trumpets hit and here comes john big match john talking about how great america is and uh then daniel comes out and he's like whoa slow your roll john we gotta have a number one contenders match between you and shinsuke <laughs> 
So not only is John Cena going to win the belt back at SummerSlam and beat Ric Flair's imaginary record, he's also going to bury Shinsuke Nakamura in the process. <laughs> Just your silence speaks volumes over this entire story. Because I'm trying to think of a way to spin it, and I can't. There's no way to. But I, I think I even tweeted from the account at Cheaters in VR Pin Tuesday night. I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. LOL, Cena wins. Which, thank God, please get the belt off gender. But, yep. That, that's all I want to talk about, that storyline. Isn't there a way Nakamura wins that match? No, because Baron Corbin... That's the whole reason Nakamura beat Baron Corbin on Tuesday, because Corbin's going to come out and fuck with him. Punch him the balls. <laughs> Again. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to that match and spend 30 seconds there. Nakamura and Corbin at Battleground. Uh, the worst match Shinsuke Nakamura has ever had that I've seen. Uh, he wins by DQ because Corbin punched him in the balls after, what, maybe... Let's see how long this match was. Do, 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 do. Uh, 12 minutes and 25 seconds. So after 12 minutes and 24 seconds of just awful. Just boring. I was concerned about this day one when Nakamura came to NXT and Nakamura did well when he was protected in NXT. But now that he's on the main roster, my concern was there. My concern still remains to this day. He needs people that can work his style. He's not finding them. No. He needs to be he needs to be in the main event US title picture with AJ and Jericho and Owens. Yeah. I mean those are people that he can work with. There there are a list of people and somebody needs to like take it to Vince or to Road Dog or whoever it needs to be and be like, look. This is a list of people that can win, work with Nakamura that you're actually going to have. It's one thing to turn around and have a five-minute SmackDown match or a tag match or something like that to kind of do whatever. SmackDown, Raw, they're not meant to be 15, 20-minute matches. They're meant to be five, seven, ten minutes to build towards those pay-per-views. Right. So it's, it's fine if he doesn't work out necessarily that well or you know he's kind of limited to what he can do or whatever but if you're gonna have him do a 15 20 minute match on a pay-per-view it's got to be with somebody that it's going to work with and it's not baron corbin who baron is fine on his own doing kind of generic whatever stuff and i don't know if it's the belief see in japan because it, it's not like Nakamura hasn't worked with kind of big, stiff American guys before. And that's, he wrestled Lesnar. That's not a <laughs> knock on Corbin, even. It's it's the fact of, okay, I wrestle this way, you wrestle this way, let's kind of work it around. But it seems more like they're turning around and going, Nakamura has to work himself down and work this American style, this TV style, so that he can make Corbin look good or he can make whatever. It, it's not working. No. And they have lightning in a bottle, but they have lightning in a bottle with Nakamura, just with everything that was surrounding him and the entrance and everything like that. And it's just going down the drain and they're going to, that's why I think he still has a chance to beat Cena potentially and then go ahead and beat Jinder Mahal and take the title that way because having him do these little sub feuds isn't working out. You're going to have to do something big with him and keep him important or you're going to have to, I don't know, the you're not necessarily going to get that magic back. So right. you got to put some kind of title or something on him to remind people that he is important and give him a reason to be there. Yep. I mean, they, they took backlash. They made it seem like it was the Nakamura pay-per-view for 
him, and he was on the opening match of the card. <laughs> right. Against Ziggler. But, like, Who's every, MIA. Every poster was, like, you know, every, like, promotional thing was Nakamura. And this was his the debut. And, yeah. yeah. So, the the shine is definitely wearing off on him. And it's not his fault. It's just, they need to do something with him. And that, again, that's why I think that there is a chance that he'll beat Cena and he'll be put into this important position. But yeah, I don't know. Going back and forth, that possibility of him with gender doing the anti-American thing, which isn't really anti-American. It's just pro India. Yeah. I guess. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It's it's the poor man's Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. So that's two awful things that happened. Uh, we already touched on this, so let's go to another another awful thing that happened. Uh, Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles. Uh, the worst match these two have had on WWE pay-per-view? Absolutely. It's almost like it was a challenge. Like... <laughs> All right, we're gonna fuck this up. We're gonna fuck this up. We're gonna fuck this up. Well, it's it's Styles versus Owens. We we can't fuck this up. Hold my beer. Oh God, yeah, dude. I and I still don't understand. Now that we're through SmackDown, I really don't understand the finish of the weird, the ref bump, weird groggy three count out of that reversal and then Owens is new champ and then AJ wins the championship back Tuesday night what my guess if I had to totally grasp at straws here was like almost pretty much like Jericho called them Sunday it was like I want to come back Pretty yeah. much, <laughs> I want to come back. Jer- Let me in, man. Jer- Jericho's pretty much watching the match on the network between AJ and Owens, and going, "Man, I'm really getting the itch. I'm going to be nearby." Calls up Vince. Vince, I'm getting on a plane right now. I'm going to be at the show on Tuesday. Uh, let's let's work out the angle again with Owens. And Vince is like, "God damn! All right, um, that's fucking money." I love it. I we we need to get Owens the title. I, uh, uh, we'll, we'll screw job. That that that'll work. And but not, it wasn't even a screw job. Like I thought they were going to do this whole thing where, like, oh, the other angle shows one of AJ's shoulders was up, but nope, it was just real weird. And the match itself, the the finish was terrible. The match itself was standard it wasn't anything it was not to the level that you would expect from these two right (sighs) but aj's the champ again and oh yeah chris jericho's back i really enjoyed that tuesday night yeah it it made buying the you just made the list t-shirt that i got for five bucks on wwe shop (laughs) worth that much more good uh all right let's take a break from shitty matches and go to the one good match on the card which i don't have a whole lot to say about it but uh the new day oh hey you just got real loud (laughs) just like lean in (laughs) i think so oh now now you're really quiet just the mic how about now it's the same as it was now? Nope, same. Now? There you go. It's weird. It's where I... Okay. <laughs> Quality. This, this is what you people pay for. And when you this donate to patreon.com slash section328 by clicking the <laughs> cheaters never pin, the Patreon button on cheatersneverpin.com, not only, be- not only are you helping Tom buy a new mic or some... Or, or something. You're you're getting that. Also, the quality audio of us troubleshooting during the middle of the episode, plus the fucking drunk cast. Where, where should 
shouldn't there be audio in the background like a little music playing or something? i didn't do it last week oh. i like just going into the ad reads now okay give it a couple weeks i'll change my mind again all right but, but yeah, yeah. patreon.com slash section 328 cheater or cheatersneverpin.com and click the patreon button donate a dollar or more help tom sound good and get the drug cast headsets are only like 35 bucks man yeah we just need 35 of you yeah or one person donating 35 and you'd be my best friend i'll write your name on the headset <laughs> all right i like that uh the new day is uh is new tag team champions was the sentence i was getting ready to use <laughs> the new day is well, winner defeating the usos welcome to the pre-drunk podcast oh jeez yeah and i like and here's the thing uh this is the first i'm still this is the first guinness i've had <laughs> guinness doesn't even have a lot of alcohol no. <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm not i'm not buzzed i'm not drunk I just cannot speak. But and yeah. see, when when you said it was like the big <laughs> match or the the best match on the card, I thought you were talking about Aiden English versus Ty Dillinger. That wasn't on the card. It was on the pre-show. And also, it, it was, happened. Okay, it was standard fare. Aiden English won. That was weird. Back to the new day and <laughs> and the Usos. Yeah. Which admittedly was a better match, but still. Yeah. Uh, absolutely the best. It, if you have not watched Battleground and you're like, should I watch Battleground? Just turn it on, watch this tag match, and turn it off. It was a fun match. It was Xavier and Kofi in the ring with Big E on the outside. That doesn't happen often. No. Xavier did a crazy springboard elbow drop from one side of the ring to the other as the finish. That was awesome. The Usos are ruthless thugs right now, and I love it. This the Usos at this at this point, and who saw this coming? But like the Usos are almost well, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call them road warrior ass because roadies used to destroy people. But I mean, just they have that intimidation factor that they are the no fucks given team. They're gonna drag you to the Uso penitentiary. And they just, I mean, they're legitimately, like, intimidating. Whereas you have teams that have passed by, like, the Ascension and things like that that try to do the intimidation thing and it just doesn't necessarily work. But, I mean, there's an added little slab of realism, which is funny because these have been these two baby faces for the longest time that, you know, they're Rikishi's sons, but... I don't know. I want to see Rikishi's sons take on uh, Haku's sons. Ooh. Can we have that? I want that. That would be fun. I would pay a lot of money for an actual pay-per-view. That would be a WWE New Japan Supercard. It'll never happen, but... Here's, here's a bit for next week, Tom. So stay tuned for this next week, kids. Tom, I want you next week to come prepared with how you would book a WWE New Japan Supercard. Okay. And maybe maybe sometime this week, who knows, I might write up a little piece for the Cheetos Never Pin website because oh, we have one. Shit, let's do it on the website. That's a good call. Then we can just talk about it next week. <laughs> okay, there we go. But I was going to write something maybe an introductory primer uh, because I know some of our listeners, perhaps more than half of our listeners, who knows? I, I don't do the math. I was told there would be no math. There, there is not. Uh, are not necessarily as familiar with the Japanese wrestling. So, uh, but the thing with Japanese wrestling or primarily New Japan, because we don't go into the other stuff here. Um, it, it can be difficult and a little bit intimidating to actually get into Japanese wrestling. There's a lot that's talked about. You, know, you hear about names sometimes. You, there are some familiar faces that you may have you know, heard went over to Japan that used to wrestle in NXT or WWE, those type of things. Uh, you know that New Japan people came over to WWE. People like 
uh, AJ Styles, Shinsei Nakamura, uh, Gallows and Anderson, people like that. And you may be interested in finding out about New Japan, hearing about all these big matches that are going on, uh, but not necessarily sure who the hell these people are. So I might sit down and I've got a little time now and just write out a post kind of introducing who these particular people are because some of these people are damn entertaining and you you should really get to know them for sure all right uh same sidebar that was i like that so let's say uh early next week expect uh our bookings of a new oh i got an even better idea tom I'm so glad I think of things ahead of time. Here's what we do, Tom. Next week, we're doing a draft. And I'll 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 make up a list and we'll take like the top twenty superstars from both comp from both companies. We're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna draft. Alright. Who's available for our supercard and then book our card. Okay. So this would be a couple week long process. So we'll have our own kind of like Raw and SmackDown, but right, but using both uh, WWE and New Japan. I, I guess we could use other promotions too, but nah, we don't want them. No, we're taking the two biggest in the world. That's all we're doing. Unless, of course, somebody from one of those other promotions would like to come onto the podcast. Yeah, that'd be fun. You know, Magnus. He's he's got nothing better to do these days, I hear. EC three. Yeah. Call me, Ethan. Yeah. Uh Sami Zayn defeated the power of love, Mike Canellis, Maria Canellis. Yep. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. Yep. Uh I'm I'm curious to see how the Mike Canellis thing keeps going. Uh I mean, this is 50-50 booking at this point. And, it's going to get so old, though. But that that's what I'm saying. It is going to get old. So I want to see what they do with this further on down the line. Because you can only kind of push this for so long before you have to kind of go in a different direction with it. And I'm curious to see what direction they go in. For sure. Uh, Fatal five-way elimination match determining the number one contender for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Natalia defeats Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Lana, and Tamina. In a match where like four pinfall slash submissions happened in 34 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Lana is awful and shouldn't be in the ring. She's there because she's pretty. And, I'm I not mean, saying she. I'm not saying at some point in time that's not an option. Now is not that time. She needs to be at the PC or in NXT. And yeah, I mean that, that's that's something <laughs> that I wanted to say. It's just that it's and I've heard that she's catching some heat or whatever, and I don't know how much of it's a work, how much of it isn't. But did Meltzer say not. it? Because it's totally fucking made up. No, I mean just like oh, okay like just kind of getting just trashed online and things like that for well and here's my thing here's my here's my thoughts on that at first i had that same thought of like man let's be fair to her you're you're in a position in a roster now on a company that's getting ready to have a giant women's tournament that is by all accounts absolutely amazing and you you can't do anything. Like she, she legitimately has no business in the ring as a as a main roster talent right now. She's a fantastic valet. She's great at it. She's a fucking heat magnet. It's amazing. She's really good at that. She should probably really stick to that. Now, if she wants to be a wrestler, I commend her. But WWE should have the foresight. And the knowledge from years of booking and everything to be like, maybe she's not ready yet. This isn't the Divas era. 
this is she is a wrestler that is or she is a talent i guess you could say that is about 10 years too late yep if not more because if this were the candace michelle maria canellis you know melina era then she might be able to get away with she's not even at that level dude She's at bra and panty gravy bowl match level. Bro. This is Stacey Keebler work, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I want her to do well, and I want her to succeed, and that's why I'm like, she's awful, and that's a problem, and she needs to learn how to work. And the... I mean, the gimmick's not helping her. And I, the, I think she has a gimmick? I, I think that's what's making it awkward, too, is that it's not... She's not going in with a gimmick with this new gimmick or whatever, the ballroom, whatever. I don't know what the hell it is. It's not, she, she's not even using the gimmick. She just comes out in a dress. Yeah, but... Clothing is not a exactly. gimmick. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like... They gave her this gimmick. And... It was never going to work. It was doomed from the start because she's still Lana. Everybody knows who the hell she is. And had she come out and not had the Russian accent, people would have been like, yeah, there would have been the where's your accent chance. All right. Maybe that's a little too generous for crowd response, but... (laughs) I mean, they would have ripped her apart for not having the accent and not being the character and what happened. And there was nothing wrong with her character before. Her and Rusev worked great together. And there, was a, there wasn't a need to have her be a wrestler. It's not like there's not enough women in the division that, hey, we need to pull somebody up. Right. So the whole concept, I mean, did she insist on being a wrestler? Did she want, there was this part of her contract that we signed you to this contract and by rights, you have to work X amount of matches because I, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, it's, it's going to get dropped soon enough. Yeah. It just isn't working. And it needs think, to get dropped soon for her sake. Because any amount of excitement the crowd had for her is done. She gets zero reaction coming out now. And it's just funny to me because there's so much going on in real life now in regards to Russians and all that type of thing. And we're not capitalizing on it because the supposed Russian that we do have on the roster is pretending she's a ballroom dancer and being a really shitty wrestler. You mean to tell me you think that Vince McMahon, husband of cabinet member Linda McMahon, is, would actually attempt to do a Russian storyline right now? Oh, yeah, you got a point. Yeah. But Vince doesn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Vince cares. Vince cares about his money. I'm, I'm a goddamn billionaire, Tom. Come on. Uh, let's talk about the other Russian, who's actually Bulgarian, who was kind of Russian for a time. Before, before go into Rusev real quick. Okay. Do you think that a phone call may have been made? And that's why Lana is the way that she is now, and we haven't mentioned the fact that she's Russian, but she has the stupid accent, but she's... Are we getting some speculative hot takes that the Trump administration may have influenced WWE? Let's do that. Interesting. Our article coming next week. I'll write that article. It can come. Come at me, Trump. Anyway, so that's all the politicalness we're going to get into for now. Yeah. Because it's going to get angry if we keep going this way. (laughs) Especially after today. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rusev. Rusev. uh, 
looks like a total fucking idiot. And so does John Cena after their real shitty flag match, even though Cena won. This... So, again, this is... The way the whole, oh, sorry. Yeah, the whole way the flag match worked, uh, the flags were in each quarter. They had to get their flag down, carry it up the ramp, and put it on a pedestal. Up some tiny stairs. <laughs> that were randomly there. It was uh, a Cub Scout ceremony. Yeah. Um, many times, people, either Sino or Rusev, should have just grabbed the flag and fucking went up the ramp and planted it. But nah. Cena had to army crawl. Rusev had to throw his flag down and beat up Cena. Why do people not just try to win matches in WWE? Like, just fucking win. P.S. As a former Cub Scout, um, the desecration of the American flag during that match. Like, there's a whole... For those of you who don't know, there's a whole crap ton of rules in regards to how to handle the flag. Right. What you can do with the flag, what you can't do with the flag. And like... One of which being much, it can't touch the ground. Yeah. Whoops. They fucked that flag, one up. Flag touches the ground. It pretty much gets burned by yeah. a veteran. You take... Your flag touches the ground, or if it gets too worn from being, like, outside and kind of faded or torn or whatever, you're supposed to take it to, like, your local VFW or American Legion, and some veteran there will take it and properly dispose of it by burning it. Or you can put it in a wrestling match and, you know, (laughs) just kind of toss it off to the side, watching it stepped on. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan can wipe his bloody face on it. Wait, that was last week. Right. My th- my my thought is here. Never mind. I was waiting for impalement in that match because I mean there, there were a couple these... times I was like, "Ooh, you might want to you might want to might want to ditch that pole real fast." Uh, Rusev ends up going through tables because LOL Cena got his fighting spirit out of nowhere and AA'd uh, good old Rusev off of one of the tiny step pedestals. In this table, whatever you knew it was coming. It was one oh, of yeah. they telegraphed it so hard, especially when Rusev destroys Cena at the top of the ramp. Rusev's got to walk back down to the foot of the ramp to get his flag, and the way it's being shot, you see R- Cena like quickly climb behind the opposite pedestal where Rusev is going. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, he's not hurt. That's good to know." McKay Fabes. This match was terrible, and it was the longest one on the show. Oh, nope, second longest on the show. It's 21 minutes. It's been this way. It was terrible, and it was one of the better matches on the show. Yeah. It was terrible, but it was enjoyable, if that makes any sense. It was just stupid. Because it was it was what you expected it to be. Oh, it, yeah. 100%. I mean, it was a stupid brawl. And I mean, but that's what it was. You had your brawl spots and things like that. So, I mean, the the basis that it was set around with the flags is stupid. But, I mean, it was basically good brawl. And, I mean, Cena can do that. Rusev can do that. I mean, Rusev needs to understand that submissions are not part of a brawl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've seen these two fight countless times now. So, whatever. Was it I mean, it was fine. Whatever. Yeah. In the grand scheme of this pay-per-view, it was a top three match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the whole pay-per-view. It was terrible. SmackDown and Raw more than made up for it this week, though. So, if you haven't watched SmackDown and Raw this week, they're both very good. I greatly enjoyed both of them. Five hours of very watchable television. Yeah, I, I, I'll give Raw the edge this week. Yep. Uh, which has actually been the case, I guess, recently. But I mean, I can tell you uh, exactly when it got the edge. <laughs> when Chender won are, the are title, you, I, was... <laughs> I thought you were gonna know immediately. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Oh God. <sighs> well. Tom, say your flag gets damaged and you need to get a replacement flag. 
okay, if my flag is damaged, I need to get a replacement flag. Oh, I know exactly what you can do, Tom, to get a new flag. What What can I do? I have you, no idea what to do. You can go to cheatersneverpin.com and click the Amazon button. Do your, your shopping through there and type in flag, whether it's Bulgarian or American, or maybe you want a, an Irish flag to drape yourself in for the upcoming Conor McGregor murder of Floyd Mayweather. Uh, what, whatever flag you need, cheatersneverpin.com, click the Amazon button, uh, do your shopping like normal, and it doesn't cost you an extra dime, and it kicks a few schmeckles back into the old coffers here for our podcast. The schmeckle coffer. Yes. You could buy a schmeckle coffer, because it's Amazon, they have everything. And if you buy your schmeckle coffer by going to cheatersneverpin.com and clicking the Amazon button, we also get a few schmeckles. Schmeckelkoffer just sounds like an old, like, immigrant name from Ellis Island. The Schmeckelkoffer family came over in 1906 See, with I th- only 52 cents and a half of shoe. I figured the Schmeckelkoffer was some kind of, like, iron smelting machine from, like, East Germany. Colbus makes one. <laughs> All hell Colbus. <laughs> All right, Tom. You know what time it is? Uh, ten seventeen. <laughs> no, Tom. Tom, do you know what time it is? What time is that, JC? Magic chain. Yeah, Tom. I actually actually watched your match. Hey, it only took two weeks. I did my homework. Yeah, shut up. Whatever. You're gonna lose the letter grade for that. You realize? For that's fine. Whatever. Um, I can, I'll do extra credit, teach. The final is 60% of your grade, so it works out. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, so I watched Mudo and Hashimoto for the 95 G1 Climax. Uh, here are my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Hashimoto is a big boy. He's husky. Oh, shit. Mudo's already got a bandaged head. This ain't going to end well. This crowd is hella hot. They're so hot, they're dead silent before the first lockup. Because, you know, Japan. Holy shit, it's Tiger Hattori. It is. (laughs) Yay. Matt work? Then I wrote rest hold 11 times. In the middle of it, <laughs> one sentence that says, I can has flippy shit soon, please. <laughs> then I wrote, ooh, now they're doing stuff. Oh, shit. Now they're down again. And then I wrote, rest hold eight more times. <laughs> then I wrote, oh, shit, big boy got a drop kick. And then I stopped taking notes. <laughs> uh... Mudo does get busted open. Surprise! So, you said Meltzer rated this really highly, right? Uh, Didn't you say I he rated this so. a five star? Or was I making that up? No, it, no, it wasn't a five star. Oh. But I mean, it was like okay. a four, I think, technically. So, I'm going to give it a three. Because it, it was a good, it was a, solid wrestling match it told a decent story we got we got to see Mudo get his shit in and arise victorious I was bored to fucking tears most of the match yeah as is evidenced by my 30 uses of the phrase rest hold in my notes yeah I um I went back and watched this one, and I was trying to figure out a Hashimoto match to give you two weeks ago, whenever the hell it is that I picked this. And I went with this over the match that I wanted to give you, which was uh, Hashimoto and uh, Ricky Chosu, which was like an opening match off of, I think, 94 G1. Uh, which was, from what I understand, an excellent match because Hashimoto was the, I think he may have been the IWGP champion at the time. And it was Ricky Chosu's kind of, 
I think it was his last G1. And he ended up, that was the opening match, and Chosu ends up beating Hashimoto. And it was one of those things where, I mean, they're going through that with G1 now with Yuji uh, Nagata and, to a lesser extent, uh, Kojima, where it was his last G1, and, you know, he's kind of getting up there, so we're not really expecting that much out of him. And Chosu ends up uh, beating Hashimoto in what, at that time was the story was told great and it was a decently long match and he ends up pulling out the win which was a pretty decent sized upset and Chosu ends up rolling that match into going undefeated in G1 and winning the G1 Climax tournament which was a whole big thing to kind of finish out his career if i finish out i mean would come back to wrestle in a couple of years anyway but uh yeah it was fine i mean that's why i'm giving it a three i mean it was a good it was a solid match whatever it was well worked zach saber jr thinks they have sloppy fucking technical wrestling skill though yeah but it was fine whatever uh i give you tony storm and kaylee ray um yeah this was a wrestling match and (laughs) A wrestling ring approximately the size of the WWE action figure ring. Uh, (laughs) I got kind of nauseous watching it because switching back and forth from one camera to the other camera, one of which I think, I think there was one camera and one guy on his iPhone going back and forth with the video footage. Um, Indie wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I like Tony Storm. She's lovely. Um, She's great. She is a great heel, in, at least in that particular match. Uh, she is yeah. fun to look at. And I was kind of looking forward to seeing her in the Mae Young Classic. Uh, the other woman that I cannot remember right now for Kelly whatever Ray. reason plays a good Ricky Morton face in peril. Uh, just kind of has that fighting spirit to come back. So, I mean, it was a fun match. And I think the finish kind of came a little bit out of nowhere for me at least, but yeah, it was Starmy melts. Uh, I'll give it three and a half. Okay. All right. What you got for me this week? Imagine besides, I to give you less besides draft prep for next week. Uh, I'm not going to let Mr. Flanagan control uh, <laughs> or, or give you a punishment match. Okay. Um, Thanks, Tom. So, so this match took place, and I'm assuming it took place on this date, not actually when it was on TV, because it was on TV. Uh, March... 13th, 1986. Okay. You know I love Stan Hansen. I know. You're a big fan. Uh, and this is uh, Stan Hansen as the AWA World Heavyweight Champion, Ooh. which lol Vergania. <laughs> he killed a guy. Yeah. Uh, takes on young up-and-coming newcomer babyface Leon Bullpower White. (laughs) I had to process that for a second. (laughs) Leon Bullpower White, you may know now as Vader. (laughs) Yep, yep. (laughs) But in the AWA, he was Leon Bullpower White, this kind of chubby babyface that still had most of his he was kind of balding red hair and smelled like shit probably probably well you know how well later on Vader and Stan Hansen would have a match in New Japan where Stan Hansen just for shits and giggles takes out Vader's eye because oops right 
this is the beginning of that where pretty much Stan, well, I won't totally give it away, but let's just say Stan has his way with young bull power. Sweet. Um, I remember reading about this match in one of the aftermags. I don't know if it was actually PWI or one of those, but it was basically like how Stan Hansen is complete danger to the AWA and look at the horrible things he did to poor Leon White. <laughs> and they made a point, I remember, because the AWA was on ESPN at the time, so you could watch AWA wrestling every day, which was fascinating, kind of looking back now. Yeah. But, like, you watched AWA wrestling every day, and they made a point of showing how vicious uh, Stan Hansen was by how he beat the living mess out of Leon White. So this is a match. I I will give you the link. It's uh, according to this 14 minutes and 45 seconds. There's another one that breaks it up in half. You don't want that one. You want the one all the way through. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Tom, I'm going to take you back in time too a little bit, buddy. All right. I'm taking you all the way back to April 24th, 2000. It was a Monday night. And if you were watching TNT, the main event of WCW Nitro that night, I can hear you cringing already. I can hear it. Was Vampiro versus Sting in a first blood match? <sighs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's five minutes, so, you know, you're not investing too much time into this. You're going to hate next week. (laughs) Yep. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, (laughs) Because this match is a thing that happens. Yeah. Yep. So, I love you, buddy. <laughs> I don't think you do. I do. I do a lot. <sighs> yeah, all right. Before Tom literally jumps through Skype to try to murder me, uh, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. <sighs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You can find me and feel sympathy for me at Mr. Workrate, at MR Workrate. Um, I'm on the other stuff, but feel free to look. Just don't even. I'm, I don't even know how to act right now. I think now. I broke him. I, I'm just sad. You're making me watch Russo Error WCW. Tom, if you want to, we can watch it off off air Friday night together. No. Oh, shit. I'm not I'm not watching that any more than I need to. Okay. Uh you can find me on the internet at JCBOBBITT on the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram and everywhere. Uh you can find the show on Twitter at Cheaters NVR Pin and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash cheaters never pin. Give us that big blue thumbs up. We appreciate that every time we see it. Uh, again, this, this coming Friday night, we are recording myself, Tom, Meg, Dan, we're getting together, me and Tom with two people that don't watch wrestling. We're all going to get real drunk and watch WrestleMania 17. And there's only one way to hear it. And it's to go to section or yeah, cheaters, never pin.com and click the Patreon button on the front page. Donate a dollar or more. That's all we're asking by Friday. And, uh, you're going to get to hear the Drumcast, our live running commentary. It's going to be, you'll be able to sync it up at home and listen to our drunk ramblings while you watch WrestleMania 17. So that'll be fun. For sure. Well, absolutely. And I it's, mean, yep. it's going to be fun for us. I don't know if it's going to be fun for anybody else. No. We're have fun. Yep. Absolutely. That's why we do this. Uh, there was something else I was going to plug and I totally forgot what it was, but it doesn't even matter. We're professionals. Yep. Totally blanked. Yeah, so I can't wait for that 
48 hours from now, we're going to be real drunk in the same room. And then yeah. you're going to crash on my futon. I make it that far. <laughs> you're not gonna, where are you going to start? <laughs> oh, no, I've already fallen asleep at your place before watching New Japan. So. <laughs> yeah, we took turns sleeping through that show. It was quite yeah. convenient. Team All right. Mark. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, next week. Uh, we'll have our part one of our New Japan WWE Supercard. We'll do the draft next week. That'll be fun. And uh, yeah, and Drunkcast will be up, be in next week too. So uh, thanks for listening. We're gonna go start drinking now, so we'll be completely inebriated come Friday. So for myself and Tom, thanks for listening. This has been Cheaters Never Pin. We'll catch you on the flip side. 